Next up on Talk Zone is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Are you concerned about your job? Concerned about losing it? Concerned about not having the tools needed to reinvent your career or to reposition yourself in the workplace? If the answer to any of these questions is yes, or even if you just want to be a part of the workplace improvement revolution, then join the conversation right now on Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Now, here are your hosts, Charlie and Eva. Good afternoon, everyone. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva, and I'm Certified Life Coach Eva Levandusky, and I'm here with Charlie Labasco. How are you, Charlie? Hello. I'm good. How are you? I'm good, thanks. So we've got another great show planned, but I wanted to do um, a little housekeeping before we get started. First of all, I always like to um, start with the Corporate Talk mission, right? So the Corporate Talk mission is where we use all our collaborative powers to make a difference in the workplace, even as one person. So what we have a lot on the show is sometimes I think people wonder, well, is this really for corporate? Well, everything we talk about, personal development, professional development, really is all about corporate because when we're sitting in the workplace, if we're not happy at home or in life, it will definitely impact our work. So that's what we bring to the table every week, and we've got a lot of great guests. And I just wanted to remind everyone that all the replays are always available on TalkZone.com. Just go under the business channel and find us. We are featured with Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. You can also like us on Facebook with the same name, Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Excellent. So, Charles, are you excited for today? Uh, I'm kind of excited today. We have. A, I want to mention that we have a great guest next week, Elaine mm. Ferguson, who we have met also. We like to take pride that we have met every one of our guests. Um, so next week is a great show, so we want everybody to make sure they come back, right? Well, and I just wanted to mention that Dr. Elaine is a medical doctor. She's written a book called Super Healing, and she uses integrative medicine as well as regular medicine to help us heal. And she's also a Chicago native, and we found out that um, she and I were in the same neighborhood for many, many years, so it's going to be fun talking See, it's a small world. It is a small world. But for this week, right, you raise the board because, uh, you know, it's, to your point, it's all connected. Mm. Um, so in order to make a difference in the workplace, even as one person, you kind of have to have your head clear while you're working, right? right? Can't have distractions. You know, you want to take pride in what you do, and Life oftentimes gets in the way. So if we could help with those issues outside of the workplace, which will help us all inside of the workplace, I think we're doing a great service. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, I absolutely agree. Um, you know, it's funny, too, because even the show before this one, I thought was really cool when I, you know, I, you guys should dial in early every week because the content, it just so happens, it's it kind of segues right into the show. Yeah, right? today was kind of funny, right? Because, I mean, typically it has nothing to do with what we're going to be talking about. But when we were listening in on the other show before we came on to our own show, they were talking about the same thing, about having issues with your children and how to take care of those issues and parenting children. Right. Um, so, you know, definitely stay with us. We're going to get into that in depth in a second. Um, one of the things I want to talk about beforehand, E, mm-hmm. is the revelation of leaderless teams versus shared leadership. 
And um, I think it's very important to understand and understand it in the workplace. We promote a shared leadership model. And what I'm realizing is everyone agrees with that. Everyone says, oh, we do that too. We subscribe to that too. And yes, it's all about shared leadership when in fact it's a leaderless team that's what's being described. Because true shared leadership means everybody steps up equally accountable and not just focus on their job or their job description. Right. And that's the huge difference. Well, and it is a huge difference because what it what it means is, and it and this can be a little painful sometimes when we talk to people about it, is what it means is, is that everyone's accountable for the project or the job or whatever it is that you're actually working on at work because none of us really rarely work in a silo, right? I mean, we're always working with other people on our team, and a lot of times we'll say, well, so-and-so dropped the ball. Well, what we're promoting is in a shared leadership model is if so-and-so dropped the ball, you should actually be the one that's helping them get the ball. Right. Pick it up. <laughs> Sitting there, right. Pick it up. Pick it up. <laughs> um, and that's exactly true. And, you know, it's funny. That would also be agreed upon by everyone. Mm-hmm. But is it really practiced? And, you know, you asked me the other day because I, I have been doing a lot of uh, corporate work uh, about case studies. Right. And honestly, at the end of the day, they're all the same. It's about ego and control and denial. Um, so maybe I spend too much on the case studies and we need to focus on um, how to build a better workplace, right? And to build a better workplace, we need shared leaders, leaders that are accountable, even if it means project delay, right? And that's, mm-hmm. it takes courage and that's, why we're here, right? We're here to walk the talk as well. Well, and it takes courage and it's something that um, we can talk more about, but because that's what we're bringing to the table when we have a lot of our guests on, because it's all about feeling confident in what you are actually bringing to the table, right? And when you have that confidence and when you're feeling good about what's happening, it's easier for you to step up at work and take accountability and take ownership and, implement that shared leadership model instead of stepping back and saying, okay, well, I did my job, so I'm not really going to worry about anybody else because I'm clear. Right. right. And, you know, if you look at some of the guests, 007 confidence we had, I mean, it all right. speaks to the same thing. Right. So just fast forward to where we are today. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we were talking about this earlier. We were saying, you know, we need to reinvent or go back and do some talent acquisition on the youth. <laughs> yeah, no, we talk about that all the time, right? Yeah, because that's our future. I joke when I see someone, uh, a younger person, which is oftentimes the case these days, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and I'll always say a couple of things. I would all, always say anybody older would most likely trade places with you in a second. And also we're depending on you for our future. Right. That's exactly right. right. So, um, and, and, you know, we met our guests a few months back and their target is this exact issue, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and we'll talk about that in a second, but they're building champions for life 
and think about that in the workplace. Can you imagine in a perfect world if this model is executed to its fullest potential that everyone entering the workforce would be a champion? And that would be amazing. Imagine right? the workplace then. Right. Right. So yeah. that's the point, right? Right. So um, we just wanted to say that we have Bonnie and Thomas Leota, and they are the creators of Creating Champions for Life. You can check out their web- website at creatingchampionsforlife.com, see what they have to offer. They have a lot of free videos. And so why don't we go ahead and bring them on? Bonnie and Thomas, are you there? Oh, yes, ma'am. Thanks for having us. Oh, we're so happy to have you. We're excited to talk about this. It's, I was checking out your website and looking at the videos and it's so interesting. And I know that so many, so many parents are out there and they're struggling with their kids and the kids are struggling and everybody is so unhappy. And I, I just love what you guys do. I mean, you've pulled together this model and created a program that can help parents and then, of course, help children to make everybody happy and confident. So, you know, I would th- I think it would be great if before we even get started, if you could once again share your website and the content and contact information, but then also kind of give us the background of how this all began because I think your story is really interesting. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so excited. Our website is creatingchampionsforlife.com. And you can find all of our content, blog posts, books, everything there. But I just want to get into my story because Mm -hmm. I was a single mom raising four kids for eight years. I was a very successful entrepreneur in my life uh, as a business, coaching other adults on finding happiness and joy. And as Eva was just talking about, building their own confidence. Mm -hmm. And then I was going home, Eva and Charlie, and I was I was producing mediocre kids, meaning my kids were not personally developed at all. They were diagnosed ADHD, oppositional defiant disorder, victims, depressed, bullies, uh, you name any kind of negative uh, label that we put on children. I was dealing with it between uh, four kids between the ages of 6 and 13. And so I can absolutely relate with every single parent out there who's dealing with defiant, disrespectful, ungrateful children uh, and who don't have any idea of why they are experiencing the disrespect and ungratefulness because like many people out there, I was was reading uh, Super Nanny, I was reading other parenting books and articles. And what I found was that there's so much confusing advice out there. One article will say, use a timeout. Another article will say, never use a timeout. And I could go on and on. Are you with me on that? Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, it's, you hear so, so, like you said, I mean, there's so much conflicting advice out there. And yet you're trying different methodologies, I'm sure, and nothing's really working and everybody's so unhappy. I mean, if you have a kid you know, that's a bully or that has ADHD. I mean, there's, uh, they're depressed. I mean, everybody's unhappy in that situation. That's a really tough situation to be in. And on top of it, with you being a coach, that must have also impacted your ability to coach sometimes. Because you thought, well, how can I coach people when my own home is in chaos? Oh, I had no idea there was chaos. I had always been taught that terrible twos and horrific threes and teenage rebellion was normal. So I wasn't even seeing the warning signs uh, that something was actually off the mark. And one thing that I would love to just point out is in the 17th century, 
Dr. John Locke said that all babies are born with a blank slate. To have the thought or idea that children are born with any concepts or understandings of how the world works is simply ignorant. They need to be taught every single thing like that they do, think, or act. And so if you're dealing with a child who is unruly and defiant, well, uh, you might not like to hear this, um, but you, then you might like to hear it because you can make the change. But the truth is, is that that child has been programmed that way. Mm. And, and do you really, so do you think that's true in every single case? Because, I mean, there are cases where children are born with issues. But you're talking about if you know for a fact that your child is is fine, that the behavior is then actually learned and not just a personality. Because, I mean, wouldn't some people say that that's, you know, we're born with with a personality. So that might be a personality well, issue. I'd like to point out the fact that all of plants are different. A rose is different than a tulip. Right. A rose and a tulip both need to be watered in order to survive. And you see, and we're taught that all children are different. So timeouts might work with this child and might not work with this child. Mm-hmm. But the truth is, is that Yes, all children are different, but every single child will respond to a smile, uh, praise, uh, proactive plans. Every child will respond positively to being validated, and every child will respond negatively to being told, no, that's bad, don't, you can't. You see what I'm saying? They're yeah. going to act differently mm-hmm. to being told, no, absolutely, our personalities are absolutely different. However... Gravity will work with every single person, no matter how different you are. The law of cause and effect will work with every person and every child, no matter how different they are. So it's about finding the actual natural, truthful laws of nature and then applying those laws to parenting, which is what Tom did, you see. When I met Tom three years ago, it was the worst place I had ever been with my children my six-year-old, uh, actually he might have been seven or six and a half, but he had been moved already to uh, two different elementary schools, special needs class, and then a class with a timeout room in the back. And when I met Tom, I had no idea he knew anything about children, but when mm. he communicated with my children, he followed the natural laws of nature. He always validated them. He taught them life skills. He guided their behavior and never used the word no. And immediately, I saw a change in my children. Like, immediately, they went from victim to happy. Now, it's taken a process to to change it on a full scale. But what I'm saying is, you know, bedtime. Hey, it's bedtime, Zach. Wine, uh, which a lot of parents can relate to. And then Tom would say, hey, little guy, would you like to go to bed now or in 10 minutes from now? And then Zach had a choice, and he was validated, and he would immediately cooperate and go to bed happily when he got to make the choice versus being dictated to. So that's just one example. Well, this, you know, this is terrific, and this is such an interesting topic, and your story is so interesting. We're about to take our first, um, our first break, but when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about that and then get into some um, specific questions about parenting because I know I'm sure there's a lot of parents out there that could use some help. Hmm. So please stay tuned, everyone. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva, and we'll be right back. 
Care Certification in the Workplace is the award-winning shared leadership training seminar that will revolutionize your career and position you as the go-to person in your organization regardless of your job description. CARE is the acronym for Courage to Take Action Relevant to Everyone. This means your new workplace mission is to deliver results for the good of the company, but not at the expense of others. Up until now, CARE certification was only available through company-sponsored seminars. But now you can become CARE certified in the workplace on your own time. Order Module 1 today and begin the transformation. There's unlimited opportunity in the workplace today, provided you have the right strategy. Becoming CARE certified is the right strategy. For more information and to order, go to charliespeaking.com. That's charliespeaking.com. And now, let's return to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva on TalkZone.com. Welcome back, everyone. This is Charlie Labasco. And with our guests, Bonnie and Thomas Lyota, authors of A Simple Way to Guide Children and Teenagers to Happiness, Success, and Gratitude. And they're also the creators of the CCFL Home Study System. And you can learn more about Bonnie and Thomas right now by listening, of course, but also following along at www.creatingchampionsforlife.com. So... Guys, I want to just say first that when we met, um, I my first impression was the grounded ownership of the content that you're presenting. I mean, it just seems like you believe in what you're doing so much. And it was that revelation that I got, which made me feel this had to be shared. Mm-hmm. Right? I agree. Yeah. So uh, that was good. And... Um, you know, we, we've been thinking about you guys and learning a lot. And what you were saying right before the break is interesting. And you got to love Thomas as well by offering options in your questions, right? And I say that not as a parent, but as a corporate person in a meeting, you know, trying to negotiate a timeline or trying to find out what can be done by the end of the day. Well, and what I like about it, because, I mean, you're a parent, you have two daughters. I'm not a parent. I'm a step-parent, right? But um, they're already grown up, so it doesn't count. But what I like is, is when he gave your son the choice, it was only two choices. It was either now or in 10 minutes. It wasn't like sometimes you hear these parents are like, do you want this? Do you want that? Do you want this? Do you want that? I mean, it's almost like mind blowing, right? When there's so many choices, it's like you either have, you can either do this or you could do that. Makes a lot of sense to me. And do you think that's the key is like keeping those choices limited? I would think. Well, yeah, the key is to understand that our children see the world completely different than we do. We have an adult brain, and the children have a child brain, and Tom can talk a little bit more about what that means. But the children don't understand when you get mad at them or when you yell at them or when you nag them. They don't understand uh, abstract thinking even until they're at least the age of 13. So when you say, like, what do you want to have for dinner tonight? They're going to think of the only things that they can think of, which is ice cream, craft dinner, pizza, hamburger. <laughs> They're not going right. to go, pasta with oh, butter. You know, Mom, I'm, I'm 
five, feed me nutrition because I'm growing and I need to be healthy. They're not going to give you those answers. So that's the point of making parent-approved decisions and then offering just a couple choices exactly like you said. I love that. I like I like parent-approved decisions. And I also like what you said just makes so much sense, right? But I, I see sometimes, you know, parents are just so frazzled. They'll say, what do you want? And, and you're absolutely right. The kids just, you know, the child is just going to say, you know, whatever they like, pizza, burgers, ice cream. It, so that's perfect. And I know one of your techniques is, and um, one of Thomas's techniques is to never say no. And when I first read that, I thought, well, how does that work? Isn't saying no sometimes a good thing? Because if you say yes to everything, aren't you creating an entitled child that has no limits? But I know that that's not what you guys advocate. So when you talk about never saying no, what is it exactly that you mean by that? Well, thank you, one very much for having us on the show. Thanks. Thank you so much. It's a privilege and honor. And when you take that question of never say no, well, it's like a double negative, so let's go into always say yes. And one of the key things that when a child says something or shares something or is showing interest in something, wouldn't it be awful to think like somebody said no, can't do, that won't work, and they'll give you a reason why it doesn't work? You feel really bad. It's not a matter of giving them everything, like automatically they demand it, you give it to them. Mm-hmm. But you take the time to actually acknowledge what it was that was their interest. And that's what's so key to always saying yes versus automatically saying no. That's really interesting. Can you maybe provide an example of that? Absolutely. If a child was to say, I want a bike. Now, Let's say the bike is $500. They don't really mm-hmm. understand money yet. They're between the ages of 5 to 10. They don't understand that you had to put in 14 hours of overtime to even, like, put up a down payment, right? They don't get those right. concepts. And you were to say, yeah, sorry, we just can't really afford that. Now, if I'm like you or you're like me, look at the child's face. They're going to feel, I'm not worthy. The other kids are better than me. Um, I did something wrong. On some level, it's a negative feeling. Even though the, the parent is saying as sweet and as nice as they could possibly explain to understand it, but if they were to say, wow, I would love for you to have a bike, and then they start to go into inquisitive type of questions like, what kind of color would it be? Did you see a bike? Who do you know has a bike? What is it about a bike that you like? And the child gets a chance to share their exploration. They get a chance to share their story. They get to share what is so important to them and you took the moment to give them 30 seconds to maybe five minutes of hearing and validating, and it might have been that they just wanted to tell you about a bike, but they really didn't want one. And here's an example of what happened with one of the dads. He was a part-time dad, right, because they're separated. Mm -hmm. So he saw him on just weekends once a month or twice every month, and he goes, hey, and his son was like, Ah, I I want to go paintballing, or I like paintballing. That's what the dad asked him. You want to do something fun? He goes, yeah, I like paintballing. So immediately, the dad went out and spent $1,000 on paint, equipment, paint, balls, you name the whole thing, and they went out and did their paintballing. And then when they're all done, and they went to go possibly say, hey, you want to do paintballing again? Yeah, not really. And the dad's kind of confused. And so if the, child, if the dad would have asked, well, what is it about paintballing that you like? And he could have said, well, it's really neat. I love watching it on TV because when you're on TV, you don't get hit and it hurts. 
But I love to watch it because they've got the obstacle course and they can see how the teams, you get a bird's eye view, and it's so much awesome to watch. And then when they're done, I don't have to, like, clean up and get a mask and all these other things. And the dad would have went, if I would have just approached it then, I could have put $1,000 in my child's college fund versus wasting the money and then getting upset because I spent all this money and they misinterpreted what it was. Just by the approach, not only is it economical, but it's also relational where it can build stronger versus the opposite. It's really good. Isn't yeah, it's really, it's really good. And you yeah. can see the skill. Yeah. And, and it's, it's a double skill, right? Because they're both coaches. Right. <laughs> right. So it's like the kids never stood a chance. Right. The, the, the success is almost guaranteed. Exactly. Right. Yeah. No, this is really good. Uh, yeah, I have a question. So, um, I guess what I'm learning here, and you know, I just want to, I get to cheat guys because I apply this in the workplace because I think it's so true. So mm-hmm. now when I'm collaborating with others, I, I'm going to approach them in this manner instead of right. being the no, I'm going to be the yes, right? The positive. Mm-hmm. So, but you know, and it, it speaks to a little bit about what Bonnie was saying earlier as well. And if a child is angry, and they're, they may not be saying what they want, but you could see it in their demeanor. Would that be another opportunity to try to reverse the negative in a positive way? I mean, how would you, how would you deal with, for lack of a better term, anger in a, in a child? That is a great question. I'm so glad that you brought it up because I wanted to make the point that the majority of parenting experts or even self-help coaches will teach you how to deal with the poor behavior, how to deal with the anger, how to deal with the temper tantrum. And what we're saying is to go before the anger, and I'll let Tom answer how to deal with an angry child, but I want to really make this point clear. The Bible says people without vision perish. We know this in our business lives. We know this in many areas of our lives. But somehow, when we take it to our family life, we're very reactive. So 90% of the time, families are reacting to poor behavior, reacting to angry children, where if they just learned how to have a vision and create proactive plans, there would be no question. It would just be, let's look at our wall, and let's look at the plan, and let's look at what we do, and little Timmy decides to have a temper tantrum. Oh, it's right there. Little Timmy's choosing to go hang out in his room for a few minutes or whatever to chill out. It's not a punishment. It's a proactive, agree-upon plan in advance. So you always know what to do when the child is angry. But I'd also like Thomas to comment on that as well. Wait, wait, before before uh, that, and we want to hear it too, we're looking at each other with like this smirk like duh it's like perfect it is perfect (laughs) right we love that that was a great answer yeah that really was so okay so thomas can you just keep going with that oh yes sir i'd be my privilege and honor thank you the key here is go to a customer service department and your child is basically coming to you as a customer service department you're the person in charge and they're showing a They're actually asking, I don't know how to do something. Can you teach me? But they don't know how to ask you correctly yet. Or they're basically figured out that, hey, if I whine, condemn, complain enough, somebody will do it for me because I'm used to people reinforcing my lazy behavior. And so when it really comes down to anger, why would you get angry? Well, 
if you went to a customer service department and said, look, this product doesn't work, I don't know what to do, fix it. And they're like, I'm sorry, I don't do that. Or that's not, you have to talk to somebody else about it. Well, of course somebody's going to get angry. It's the next elevation of, listen, you're not hearing me. Do I need to say it? Because obviously you're deaf. That's why I need to yell louder. And so the child is just going through the exact same thing. That if I'm like you and you're like me, we would do the exact same thing. But if somebody were to take the moment and acknowledge what it is that they're angry about, well, what is it that you're angry about? What is it that you're looking to do that's not working yet? Because, see, a parent has a role in their child's life. One is to teach them a set of life skills. If a child could do it on their own, they would have. Like, go to the bathroom or get a glass of water. They want one, they know that life skill, how to get a cup and drink. If they don't know how, it's up to us to teach them. Wow, they're angry because they don't know how to do it. I need to look at it from not a reactionary point of view, but a, like behavior, but an educational point of view. Did I really not take the time to teach him how to actually fill up a cup? So there's a life skill. Once I taught him, I need to do my job. And the second part is, oh, my gosh, maybe this child has never learned a simple game of opposite. Here's an obstacle. What's the difference of can't? Well, the opposite of can't is can't. Maybe they've never learned the attitude of gratitude to go, if it is to be, it's up to me. I can turn obstacles into opportunities. It's a life skill that this has to be taught. What can't work, well, what can work? And when you have that mindset, you empower the child to go from whining, it doesn't work, and start throwing things and, and hucking things because out of frustration to going, hmm, what is it that i got to do different? What's the different approach? Change the cause. I can create a different effect. And that truly is that kind of like the aha moment of, can it really be that simple? And the answer is, yes, it is. Jeez. You know, um, great job, guys. And I can really see the collaboration, right, mm -hmm. between the planning from, let's say, uh, and I don't know, Bonnie's background in corporate or working, mm -hmm. and Thomas's uh, in terms of, being positive and grounded at all times. It's just an incredible combination. Um, so we have to take our second break, but we have some really great questions when we come back. So please stay with us. We have a lot more to talk about. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. We'll be right back. Charlie Labosco is an author, speaker, and trainer with over 40 years experience in the corporate workplace. Contact Charlie today to interact, influence, and inspire others in your organization. Whether it's a one-hour keynote presentation or a five-day training seminar, Charlie is available to speak on many topics, including making a difference in the workplace, even as one person, building shared leadership teams, and his signature award-winning seminar, Care Certification in the Workplace. Charlie speaking at your organization will make a difference on day one. For more information and to book Charlie, go to charliespeaking.com. That's charliespeaking.com. Let's get back to Charlie and Eva for more corporate talk on TalkZone. Welcome back, everyone. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva, and our guests today are Bonnie and Thomas Leota. They are the creators of the um, Creating Champions for Life Home Study System. And you can find out more about Bonnie and Thomas by going to their website at creatingchampionsforlife.com. So I've been really 
loving our conversation because it's just such a grounded, relaxed way to raise a family, right? I mean, there's just no fighting. That's just not how we grew up. <laughs> I'm sure, you know, it's complicated enough. Right? It is complicated, right? Yeah, I mean, can you imagine? I mean, if everybody was just raised in this, like you said in the beginning, right, if everybody was raised in such a, a really calm, nurturing environment, I mean, it's just amazing what you what you could accomplish because your whole life would just be focused on moving forward and not freaking out about just the day-to-day stuff to get through the day. Yeah. It's terrific. It really is. Um, and I know you have a question. Yeah, I have a question, guys, from what we were talking about, and it kind of ties in a little bit to everything. We we learned about the anger and how to deal with that, and it's really a message, I guess, that the child is trying to send. So with your collaborative methods and the improvement that you see, does it mean that some of the diagnosis that we may get for our children may not be correct? They may just be symptoms and through some of your programs they they can actually reverse some of those um and i don't want to make light of issues but you know something like add say or something like that i mean does that gain from from your programs yeah i'd like to actually comment on that because when i met tom the psychologist told me that my youngest son has had the worst case of oppositional defiant disorder that she had ever seen. She had a picture of a seven-year-old child getting angry, having a temper tantrum in his class, throwing his desk, and when the teacher went to go grab his arm or whatever, he jumped off on the desk, went from desk to desk to desk, out the door, and locked himself in the bathroom. So this is what I was dealing with. He was diagnosed with ADHD and oppositional defiant disorder and not a light case. It was bad. And what I realized in just the fact that we began to teach him life skills. Now, here's my son. My brain is broken. You can't expect me to, you know, produce what all the other kids produce because, you know, I'm sick and my brain's broken. I have a disease, all right? Now, I didn't realize that it was things that I was doing to create the opposition and the ADHD. So, yes, I will go on air and record myself. Can it be reversed? Absolutely, yes, it can be reversed. They are symptoms. In fact, the grandfather of ADHD himself on his deathbed said that ADD was a great example of a fictitious disease. And you can look that up. You can Google ADD or ADHD being a fictitious disease, and you can read it right from the actual founder of the disease itself. Speechless. <laughs> um, excellent. Um, so that is amazing, right? That's life-changing. Well, it, it is life-changing, but yet, I mean, we have some experience with it. We do. And we're finding that, like, especially when it's then diagnosed in adults, that, I mean, there is something to that inability to focus, Right. right? Yes. Because uh, kids aren't being taught life skills. They're not being taught focus. They're not being taught, you see, focus and self-control, those are life skills. And when you're not taught life skills, then you're going to show symptoms of ADHD in school. And if you're still not taught life skills, if you're just medicated 
to change the behavior, then you, yes, will become an adult diagnosed with ADHD. Which is the natural progression of the answer, which is what she's just saying makes perfect sense. It does, but I know that there'd be a lot of people that get ticked off by that. And I'm not saying that it's not wrong, but I mean, you know, Bonnie, I'm sure that you have people saying, no, you know, that you're wrong on this, but I agree absolutely 100% on the having to teach life skills because just medicating without the life skills doesn't really work. I mean, that, that doesn't work. I would agree. What treats the symptoms, but I think what Bonnie's saying is, um, in support of the diagnosis, you know, they're doing their share to help the root cause possibly right. teaching those skills, mm-hmm. right? The life I skills. Agree. I agree. And I, I think it's, I think it's really cool. So yeah, interesting. You know, I think what else is interesting and I, I'm kind of going through some of the questions here that we have. And one of the things that I know you talk about is that timeouts really don't do more harm than good. And I know when I first started, learning about timeouts when I was younger and my friends were first having children, everybody was using a timeout, right? I mean, that was the big thing. Put them in timeout, put them in timeout. It seemed like a saner, gentler way to let everybody just take a minute, take a breath and have a moment without, you know, yelling or punishing. But I know you're saying that you don't think timeouts are good. So what, why is that? I guess well, I'd like to take that one here real quick, okay. if I may. And I'd like to just use the analogy of thinking of it as a timeout by throwing more gas on a fire, thinking it's going to go out. It's just going to be something that's going to feed to the underlying cause. And so if you look at just in general, society will look at it and go, well, every kid's different. My kid's this, my kid's that. Well, okay. Let's take that at face value, because over 1,500 years ago, it was a scientific fact that the Earth was flat. And if you said anything contradictory to that, well, you got ridiculed and probably violently opposed. 500 years ago, it was a scientific fact that the Earth was the center of the universe. Galileo was on house arrest until he actually passed away. So you get those examples. And probably before this show, five or 20 minutes, maybe an hour ago, you probably thought that timeouts was an effective tool mm-hmm. because that's what other people did. That's what other, mm-hmm. uh, you get enough opinions together, it becomes a fact until you get something to change or somebody brings a new light to the subject. Now, here's a lady that she had her 10-year-old son, and he had fetal alcohol syndrome, right? So his brain was... Yeah. She, Described it as, well, it's like Swiss cheese. There's holes. There's parts of his brain missing. He's not going to yeah. be like the other kids. He had yes. Asperger's. He had the ADD. Okay, well, great. So what can you do? You know, even a child that was born without any teeth can still smile. It might look different than the kid with teeth. So this whole timeout concept, well, he gets a little bit uh, overstimulated, and we got to do a timeout and calm him down. Well, guess what, Mom? And this is what I'm seeing. And I asked, can I have permission to tell you straightforward what I see? And she said, yes. Are you sure? Because what I'm going to say is not going to be a soft pillow. It's going to be the facts of what I'm seeing. Well, you are causing your child to require a timeout, which still isn't working by pouring more gas on the fire. She said, okay, well, fine. What can I do? Thank you. That's the window we're looking for. Mm-hmm. I was just going to say I that. That was, yeah. that was an amazing answer. Yeah, I'm surprised. Well, yeah. Yes, and so this child was on the on the ranch, and he was going to be climbing on the fence, 
And the mom kept saying, get down, get down, get down. You can't do that. If you do that, we're going to have to do a timeout. You're just not listening. Well, I asked him, I said, well, what is it that you want to do with the horses? I want to feed them. Woo, what would you feed them? I went through all those questions. I found out what was important to the child. Well, good. This is what you can do. If your feet stay on the ground, that's what you like to do to be able to feed the horses. If you stand on the fence, that's what you do to say, I'm not interested in feeding the horses. Once again, what was it that you would like to do? I want to feed them. So where should your feet be? On the ground. Where would your feet be if you wanted to stop feeding the horses? On the fence. See, I implanted an environment that allowed him to, what is it that he wants to do, and then what can he do to make his dream come true? And she said, well, well, that might work for five minutes, but he'll forget. Well, an hour passed. The child still was on the ground, no power struggle, feeding the horses all day long, and he actually was out of sight from the parent, and he never secretly jumped up on the fence because he was showed what he can do and what does work, which automatically changed the cause, create a different effect. Unbelievable. You know, I, I know I know you guys because we met, and I know that you're very tough, right? Um, and I I don't know what to say, but the way you approach your subject matter expertise is just so unbelievably positive. You make it look easy. Well, and, but the key is, is that what Thomas and Bonnie now do is they take the time to talk to the child. Right. right? And, and explain. And so there's a certain level of skill and patience that's involved in that because sometimes it's easier to get angry and say stop instead of taking that minute and going through the questions and really getting down to the root of what that child needs. Right, that's a skill. That's, that's a, a skill in itself, skill. right? Yeah. And I just want to add one more thing, and Bonnie and Thomas, right, they're the classic example of providing others what they don't know they need. Right? Yes. Um, so in other words, you have the, all the examples, all of the symptoms of um, the, the temper tantrums or the ADHD or the fetal alcoholism, um, and we need the medication and the therapy. We need Bonnie and Thomas. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because, and we don't even know what we need, and that's what they're providing. Yeah. Right? No, it's perfect. It's kind of sad, right, guys? Because the whole world needs to hear you, I think. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yes, sir, and yes, ma'am. And one key thing is that let's get back to the point of what is our role as a parent? See, that's mm-hmm. the number one question that I'll always ask a parent when they say, hey, can you fix my kid? Is something's wrong or whatever it is. And if they don't have a clear understanding, well, then that could be a cornerstone of what is part of the cause. Because once a parent really knows that their job is not to buy them things, it's not to make them happy, it's not to be their servant and do cook cleaning and everything until they're in college and still have them bring laundry home after a quarter of college. It's, a, it's to instill their life experience of life skills. Take any other animal in nature and the mom teaches a set of life skills so the bird or the bunny or the horse or whatever it is can now be on their own. It's a process of self-efficiency. So from the age of, say, one up to age 18, the child is looking at you for life skills. That's our job. And anything that they want to do, we're there to support, but they don't know how to do it yet. 
That's our key role. Let me teach you what's the best way, and then let them take action and struggle. Don't do it for them by overcompensating, which causes all kinds of issues, but let them struggle and learn that authentic life skill of perseverance to turn an obstacle into an opportunity. They'll always be able to reach their goal, and that's the fundamental key process that when you lose that cycle of life right there, well, that's where disorders come into play. And the word dis just means not, which is the opposite of order. So if you're out of that circle, you'll have a disorder. Change the cause, get back in the circle, everything goes into the order, and you actually dis the dis. Excellent. That's terrific. So we're going to take our last and final break, and when we come back, we will wrap up. But stay with us, everyone. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva and our guests, Bonnie and Thomas Leota, and we'll be right back. Let Charlie Labosco show you how to revolutionize your presence in the workplace. Charlie is looking to improve the workplace, and by that he means your relevance in it. Charlie has over 40 years in the corporate workplace. He has seen the unbelievable, mind-boggling, off-the-charts changes in technology, but no real change in our day-to-day and sometimes toxic workplace behavior. Charlie's mission is to revolutionize the workplace by providing the training and the tools needed to lead any organization regardless of your job description. For more about Charlie and how to be a part of the workplace improvement revolution, visit charliespeaking.com. That's charliespeaking.com. Welcome back to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva on talkzone.com. Welcome back, everyone. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva, and our guests today are Bonnie and Thomas Leota, and we're having a great conversation about how to basically raise your kids in a, in a nurturing environment. And, you know, we have about, you guys, this has just been a really, really great conversation. So thank you for that. And we have about seven minutes left. And I was wondering, this would probably be a good time for you guys to talk about your program, because I'm sure that there are people out there that are really interested in it, that are just struggling every day with their children. And, you guys have an answer, and you have a and you have a solution. So why don't you talk a little bit about that? Oh, that's awesome! I will. And I just want to say, if you're a parent listening to the show and you're ticked by what we've talked about, I want I want to say that's a perfect place for you to be. And I was absolutely ticked when I discovered the truth. And so for six months, Tom lived in the United States. I lived in Canada, and I would phone him and I'd say. Tom, my kids are all laying around the living room. They're supposed to be doing their chores. What's the best thing to say? And he would say, hey, guys, what should we be doing right now? Giving them an opportunity to give me a correct answer, and then I could praise the correct answer versus you guys yelling at them, right? And Mm -hmm. so we did this for six months. I'd be like, Tom, they said, I don't know. Now what do I say? Well, I know you don't know, but if you had to guess, what would the answer be? And Mm -hmm. so I had 400 sticky notes all over my office with this very special unique language, and I had a $20,000 a month business going. I owned a seven-bedroom house. My kids had everything and anything you could think of that they would need, and I did a meditation one morning, and I said, you know what? We're not doing anything but putting this together in a program and a book so parents can finally discover the truth. So if you go to creatingchampionsforlife.com and you scroll down half the page, you'll be able to see courses. And when you click on the courses, it'll explain 
all of the benefits, how it works, but it, it is an in-depth strategic program to hold you step-by-step and to walk you through just a simple change in habits. It can seem difficult. You can look at us and go, oh, you guys make it seem so easy. But when you see it from the right perspective, when you just see the clear picture of, you know, changing the mindset from I'm going to give you the world and I'm going to give you an easy life, and then you realize that when you cut a butterfly out of a cocoon, you cripple it for the rest of its life, and that's what I believe we're doing with our kids. So if you could change it to, uh, you know, I'm going to let you fail and I'm going to let you struggle and I'm going to validate everything that's important to you and I'm not going to give you anything, but I'm going to empower you to create whatever you would choose in your life. And that's what you get when you study the Creating Champions for Life program. Every single client we have that studies the program tells us that their life changes. It's incredible. Well, uh, we say that from the last half hour. Yeah. So I, I can just imagine what the course brings. Well, and I, and I like what you said, Bonnie, because it's so true. It's because what you're doing is you're empowering your children. And that's so important because, you know, p- parents always run the gamut. There's the parents that are super lenient or the parents that are super tough or the parents that are just, you know, kind of how you were before you met Thomas, where you kind of threw your hands up in the air and you just were listening to what everyone was telling you. And you just thought, well, this is just the way it's going to have to be because this is what, you know, a psychiatrist is telling me is the way my child is. And there's really not a whole lot I can do until you found Thomas and Thomas showed you a different way. So I think it's it's an amazing system and it really gives parents hope and really gives, you know, gives them hope to really help their children become productive and happy adults. And I think that's the key. I mean, everyone wants their child to be happy, but you don't always have the tools to empower them to find that happiness. And this system does that. We're chopping down trees with a dull axe. We're chopping down trees with a dull axe. So I want to say that if you are dealing with an unruly child, it's not your fault. You've been equipped with the wrong tools. So if you discover the right tools, just like they discover, hey, the Earth is round. Hey, the Earth isn't the center of the universe. Hey, actually, punishment is not the best way to go. There were leaders throughout history. I already mentioned John Locke from the 17th century. But if you go all the way back to the very first century, century number one, you will find Plutarch who said, children are better off guided and taught life skills and loved rather than be punished. And for whatever reason, his work didn't make it really big, and of course they continued in corporal punishment for thousands of years. So that's where the belief comes in that puts us on the wrong path. Children need to be disciplined. No, that's wrong. Children are born perfect. They would love to please you. They are looking for attention and praise. And when you actually take an educational approach and teach them what you do expect in advance, amazing, beautiful things happen. Jeez. So, you know, uh, as a parent, right, every day is a challenge. So how can we start every day on the right track? Is there sort of like a, a daily vitamin we can give to the kids to, to kind of get them on the right track every morning? Does that make sense? Oh, you're gonna, you're gonna like this. It's as simple as create a goal, create a plan, take action on the plan, and persevere to success. That's as simple as it is. I have a goal to have peaceful days with my kids. Great. 
What does it look like? What are your biggest obstacles? What would you like to see your day be like? And put it all in writing. And then when you have the plan, everything becomes more clear. You see, again, we're very reactive in our parenting. We react to poor behavior. We react when our uh, 16-year-old comes home an hour late past curfew and we ground them. But if you had a plan in advance of exactly what time are you supposed to be home and why and you know exactly what you're telling us. If you come home an hour late, are you able to go out again next time? Uh, no. Okay, great. And then you empower them to be self-disciplined. It's about taking the control off of our children. They don't want to be controlled by you, but it's about putting the control on the environment that your child's actually learning in and being raised in. Wow. So, yeah, I could see the corporate, but the business background coming together with the coaching, it's a perfect combination. It's perfect. Yeah. So we have about two, three minutes left. Let me just ask, if it's okay? Mm-hmm. So this um, home study system, if I was to purchase it, order it, I can do that right from the website. What would I get afterwards? I mean, does it come in the mail? Is it a link? How does that work? You can order the program at 2 o'clock in the morning and begin right now to implement. We've created audios, videos, workbooks, quizzes, and it's all done online. Uh, we do have programs, you know, if you're experiencing a child who is uh, abusing you physically or something like that, then we might say, hey, you know what, do a coaching program with us. But for the majority of people, they can just go get the very basic program and get 12 modules of very intensive uh, content that will lead you right from the solid foundation. You see, we're trying to put a roof on the house with no foundation or no basement, and our roofs continue to cave in. So we've got to take two, three steps back and go back to the very solid foundation of what is it you expect and want as a parent, and we just walk you all the way through the program until you master the Creating Champions for Life language and strategies and planning. And, um, and the... The videos as uh, uh, you guys and uh, the voice would be you guys give, delivering the content. Yes, yes there it is. Because that yep. that that's good to hear. I mean, yeah, that's, it's terrific. Um, no, excellent. So you know, Bonnie and Thomas, thank you so much. I know that you know this has been a real asset to our listeners out there, and we've learned a lot from it as well. We so have, we really yeah. thank you for that. And no one can beat your enthusiasm and your knowledge. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I want to interrupt and say it's so important that we need you guys to come back because we want to monitor the progress, right, that we're making, right. that we're seeing, and we want to just relay the message again because I think it's needed, right? So we'll stay in touch, and hopefully we can make that happen, right, guys? Absolutely. We would love to come back. Excellent. So thank you so much, Bonnie and Thomas, and um, I just want to let everyone know, our listeners know, that to learn more about Bonnie and Thomas and to access their Creating Champions for Life program, you can just go to creatingchampionsforlife.com, and it's all right there. You can just purchase it, as Bonnie said, at 2 in the morning. Mm, excellent. Uh, nice speaking to you guys, and we'll do it again real soon. Have a great rest of the day. Thank you, Bonnie uh, and Thomas. Thank you so much. Take care, guys, and we're out of time. We are out of time. Excellent show. Have a good night, everyone. Yep, see you guys next week. Great guest. Bye.